Concerning the last days before Jesus returns, Jesus told us in Matthew 24, Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. He says many, many, the love of many will wax cold. I've always thought that was their love for the Bible and the things of God would grow cold. We had a woman in our church group that when she first came to us in 1980, she really wanted to know things of God. She really seemed like she was born again. I even thought she was a prophet because she kept receiving words of knowledge. I would say to her, so something had happened on a situation, and I would tell her what God had shown me, and she would say, oh, I thought of that. And I always thought that it was God showing her the truth. She became one of my closest friends. 39 years into being a Christian, or at least I think she was a Christian, I noticed that when I spoke spiritual things to her, she no longer wanted to hear them. She got very silent and didn't say anything. And then when I finished sharing with her what God has shown me, she would begin talking about some television program that she had seen. And she would be very excited about that. But the Word of God didn't seem to excite her like it once did. Let's look again at what Jesus said in Matthew 24. In the last days, because iniquity shall abound. Iniquity can abound by our saturation in television. It doesn't have to be that we're at a bar or at some lewd place for iniquity to abound. It could be in the books we are reading, the types of books that excite us. And I don't even mean sexual iniquity. I'm talking about just iniquity in general. It could be just they are going such an opposite way to God. It could be on political stuff. This political stuff is just awful. The things that both sides say. If you get deeply involved with that, I think you will be in a form of iniquity today. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. So we want to watch about, watch ourselves, Watch the things that seem to cause us to no longer be interested in reading the Bible, reading the blog, uh, looking at scriptures that we have once held in front of us. Where are we draining ourselves? Where is the saturation? Jesus warns us about some of these points in Luke 21. Verse 34. And take heed to yourselves 
Watch what's happening in your life, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting, that's overindulgence in something, and drunkenness and cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unawares, the day of the Lord. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Verse 36. Watch ye therefore and pray always, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, and to stand before the Son of Man. Some people think that means just to pray that you'll be counted worthy to escape. You can pray that if you want to. But I think what Jesus is saying here is watch what you're doing and pray about it. That makes you accounted worthy to escape because when you pray about your concerns or you pray about trouble or perceived trouble, or cares, when you turn to God in prayer, that connects you with God in a way that I don't know anything else as after we're born again that connects us to God more than just private prayer. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Jesus said in the last times, the last days, iniquity will abound. The wrath of God, the great tribulation, comes upon this earth because of sins and iniquity abounding. Do you see an increase in sin at this point in time over what you saw 20 years ago, 30 years ago? I certainly do. It doesn't even have to be sin in the television show. It can be in the commercials. When they do a commercial, this shows what society itself approves. I have noticed an increase in physical lewdness in television commercials. It shows me that the public wants to see that. They accept that. It's a strong increase over what we saw in the 1980s. These are like leaves on the tree that are signs of the pending coming of Jesus. I believe we have signs that we are growing nearer to the return of Jesus. And the main thing that shows us is the wickedness, the violence of man one of the primary things in Genesis chapter 6, before God destroyed the earth by water, one of the primary things was the violence in man. We certainly see that on television news today of the increased violence. I realize a lot of the violence is caused by this pandemic that we have gone through, being shut up for seven months or so and not being able to have normal associations with other people. This creates a great many things 
in people in the world. But there is also hatred, just plain hatred, in the flesh of man because it's the nature of man, the works of the flesh. You have to be very strongly aware of the works of the flesh. Some people think the flesh will get better with education or they think it will get better when we go to church and hear more spiritual things. This is not really true. The thing that causes us to get better is having the Spirit of God. And if we walk in the Spirit, doing the things we are shown to do by the Spirit of God, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, but the lust of the flesh don't change. They're always there. This is an important concept. We do not, the flesh does not improve. We control the flesh by walking in the Spirit. We keep the flesh, so to speak, crucified with Christ by doing that which the Word says to do. Crucified with Christ simply means we're following the Word of God. As we follow the Word of God, we can't be following the flesh because the flesh will take us one way, the Word of God takes us another way. So this is a mighty weapon for us, but we first have to understand the flesh never gets better. When we are taken off this earth, we will no longer have these fleshly bodies that we currently have. We are given a new body according to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, says Paul in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. 19, 20, 21. Paul is going to list the works of the flesh. These never improve. They never get better. They are always there. We control them by the Spirit of God, by that which God has said to us. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, that's living in superstitions, hatred, variance, emulations, which is trying to outdo the other person, to beat the other person, wrath, which is wanting people to get what they you think is coming to them because of what they have done to you, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revilings, which is partying, and such like. Paul says, Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You can lose your own soul by turning to these things in the last day and failing to control them by the Spirit of God. Two scriptures on that. Revelation chapter 3 verse 5 is one of them. Jesus says, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, 
Your name can be blotted out of the book of life, even if you have the Holy Spirit. God can turn you over to a reprobate mind, taking the Holy Spirit away from you. We see that in Romans chapter 1. Starts at verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And this is where that love of God going cold comes in. They don't want to keep God in their mind. They're interested in their television program. They're interested in something of the flesh that's more stimulating to them, more exciting to them. This friend of mine that was once in our church group and is no longer with us, she told me along the way that she was having trouble reading the Bible because she kept rushing through the scriptures to try to get to something more exciting, like a television program or a book she was reading. See, she didn't want to retain God in her knowledge. In the end, she ended up railing against me. It was to me on the telephone. Pam Paget witnessed it on the extension. She knew Pam was getting on the extension. And even then, she continued railing out against me. I know what had happened to this woman. It had to be devils whispering negative things to her about me. It had been going on for decades. She had failed to take those negative thoughts to God in prayer and stop them at the time they were happening. She let them pile up until she had a mountain of accusations against me. If she had taken each time, each each thought, if she had taken it to God in prayer, I know he would have put it to death. He would have countered it with the Spirit and would have shown her it was not true. But she didn't do that. She let it pile up until she had a mountain of grievances against me. And then She'd been with us 39 years, and then she railed out against me on the phone, and she was completely left us. She was cut off, and there was nothing I could do about it. She did not take care of those negative thoughts. The devil will send negative thoughts to you, especially about someone that you are close to. And if you allow that negative thought to go into your heart, it is like a seed going into the ground. And if you water it with other negative thoughts sent by the devil, it will destroy you one way or the other. Usually they pile up until you explode and you can no longer control it. And this is what is described in being turned over to a reprobate mind. It says, and as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And he lists a whole bunch of things that they would do. Being filled with all unrighteousness, 
with fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents without understanding, covenant breakers without natural affection, implacable. Now there is your letting all this stuff build up and you become hardened and it's implacable and nobody can turn you. You're even unreasonable in the things you think. Implacable. You can't be turned. You can't be reasoned with when you have been turned over to a reprobate mind by God. Unmerciful. That's another part of being turned over to a reprobate mind. And a lot of it comes because you fail to deal with the thought that is negative that comes into your mind. It could be concerning your mate, your child, your parents, your friend. But on these little nagging secular things, often you will be annoyed by the way someone does something. We had a woman in our church group that came in my bathroom, my guest bathroom at my house in Texas, and she said, these walls are the wrong color. They don't match the sink. That was a personal preference, but it caused me trouble every time I went into the bathroom after she said that. It caused me trouble. I realized I should have prayed to God every time I went in the bathroom, but I was not really illuminated strongly enough at that time on taking every negative thought to God. But we have to deal with these things. When someone brings us a negative thought, maybe they don't like the color of dress we're wearing or they don't like the color of shirt we're wearing and they say it to us and we don't deal in a spiritual way with what they've said, it can cause you to later rise up against that person in an irrational way. Every thought, you have to take every thought captive to bring it to the obedience of Christ, to live in peace. And what we must do in the last days is live in peace. And you cannot live in peace unless you take every concern to God in prayer and settle it with God. And you have to take every one of these negative thoughts to God in prayer and settle it with God. And God says this about those who are turned over to a reprobate mind, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but they have pleasure in them that do them watching the wrong TV shows in pleasure in the evil, taking pleasure in the evil. Often when a television show comes on and they show some evil in the middle of the show that's contrary to God, often the Holy Spirit will remind me of the scripture which fights what they have shown and shows me the way to go, the correct way to go. The same thing on reading books. 
all of these worldly things, just all of a sudden, negative things pop up or ways opposite to God. And we have to deal with those thoughts that are being planted in our heart. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, start at verse 3. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, the Word. Thoughts come to us from our own flesh, and since our own flesh does the works of the flesh, which are evil, the thoughts are evil. Thoughts come from the devil, and thoughts come from God. We must extinguish the thoughts from the flesh and the devil by turning to God and doing what God has told us to do. I have learned in the last few years that if someone comes to me and annoys me in something that they do, some way they do some fleshly thing, if I will begin to thank God for the things that are good about them, that I perceive as good, the things that I can rejoice in, if I thank God for the good things about them, the negative things sort of disappear. That's one way to control the flesh. I think the best way to control the flesh is by taking it to God immediately and saying to God, please help me with this. Please show me the truth. Please help me with the way I am feeling about this other person. Please deal with me, help me, give me something. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. There is no temptation taken you except that which is common with man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Therefore, just calling on God for help is one of the answers to enduring. Philippians chapter 4. Start at verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the word. The Lord is the word. Rejoice in the word always. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This is one of the most important things for us to do in 
the end times. Turning to God in prayer, talking to Him about those things that concern you or annoy you. Letting God stabilize you in the situation. James 1.5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. An absolute promise that God will give you wisdom when you lack wisdom in the situation. Take advantage of these spiritual things to hold on, because many will fall away in the end times. The love of many will wax cold. They who endure to the end will be saved. Peter says if you fall away, it would have been better for you not to have known the way of righteousness than to fall away. It would have been even better if you'd never known the truth. We have to hang on to the truth. The truth is the Word of God. You have to grab those scriptures and absolutely refuse to go the other way. When the temptation strikes, you have to hold on, and you hold on by the Word of God brought to your mind by the Spirit of God. That's where the power is. Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh if you go the way of the Spirit because the flesh and the Spirit are like divided highways. You can't do both. You will either go in the way of your flesh who wants to tell someone off, who wants to commit adultery or fornication, who wants to get drunk, You'll either go that way, or you'll go in the way of the Spirit, which says, Be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. You'll go one way or the other. And it is the Holy Spirit who is in us who brings to our mind the way of God in the midst of the temptation so that we can follow God instead of following our own flesh, keeping our flesh crucified by that word given to us as we follow that word of the Spirit of God. It's like a divided highway. You can choose to go by the works of the flesh, doing what the flesh wants, or you can go by the word of God, doing what God shows you by his Spirit. And the thing is, the flesh will suffer every time you go by the Spirit, doing what the Spirit of God wants. It causes the flesh to suffer. And that is the suffering of the flesh. If we suffer in the flesh, we go in the way of Christ. 1 Peter chapter 4. Verse 1, For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself likewise with the same mind. For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin. Jesus Christ 
allowed his own flesh to suffer greatly to do the word of God. He says, arm yourself likewise with the same mind. You crucify that flesh by going in the way of the Spirit of God. For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself likewise with the same mind. For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. We follow the Spirit, that which the Spirit tells us to do, and by that we keep the flesh crucified. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.